Divine Shepherd Lutheran Church and School in Blackhawk, South Dakota, is happy to share God's Word preached for you by Pastor Randy Sturzenbecker. We pray that you will rejoice in Christ crucified and resurrected for you. The waters of baptism, the Lord's Supper, and the forgiveness of sins, all for you, from Jesus. The Old Testament reading for today is from Jeremiah chapter 23. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell securely. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when they shall no longer say, as the Lord lives, who brought up the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt, but as the Lord lives, who brought up and led the offspring of the house of Israel out of the north country and out of all the countries where he had driven them, then they shall dwell in their own land. This is the word of the Lord. Please join me in... Um, reading the Catechetical Review in the center of your bulletin, The Lord's Supper. As the head of the family should teach it in a simple way to his household, what is the sacrament of the altar? It is the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ under the bread and wine instituted by Christ himself for us Christians to eat and drink. Where is this written? The holy evangelists Matthew, Mark, Luke, and St. Paul write, Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The epistle reading today is from Romans chapter 13. Besides this, you know the time, that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Please stand as we sing together the gospel. Alleluia. These things are written that you may believe. That Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. 
Holy Gospel for the first season of the first Sunday in Advent from Matthew, the 21st chapter. When they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! This is the gospel of our Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Will you pray with me? Father in heaven, we thank you again that you would come to us again in your promises to us to forgive us and make us whole. Father, as we approach this new year, we pray that you would prepare us for your coming. Strengthen us now through the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's a line in the gospel reading for today that is the center of the season of Advent. Behold, your king comes to you. That one line really sets the stage not only for Advent, but for our entire life in Christ. We hear it all the way through the church here. Get ready. Your king comes to you. That's the season of Advent. Look in the manger, in the flesh, as God promised. Your king comes to you. That's the season of Christmas. Look, your king comes to you in amazing ways, and he brings all nations to him. That's the season of Epiphany. Look, your king comes to you to suffer and to die for your brokenness and for your sin. That's the season of Lent. Look, your king comes to you victorious and risen from the dead with healing in his wings for you. That's the season of Easter. Behold, your king comes to you to strengthen your faith, that you might grow in this faith and trust in him in all things. That's the rest of the church year in the season of Trinity. Today in the first Sunday of the church year, the first Sunday in Advent, we are dropped right in the middle of Jesus coming to his kingdom, coming to his city, Jesus coming into Jerusalem. We know the events very well. We call that Palm Sunday. The crowds were gathered there to rejoice that their king was coming to them. They were waving palm branches. They were laying the palm branches on the road. They were covering the road with their cloaks as they welcomed their king into their city. They were getting ready for their king, but for the wrong reasons. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, he was received as a king, but not as their savior. Many expected his great and miraculous ruling to be one like he ruled beforehand. His ruling over nature. 
His ruling over disease, his ruling over death. They expected that when Jesus came into Jerusalem, that he would rule over the Romans, that he would provide freedom, and that their life would be much easier. They expected the king to make life easier for them. They did not expect Jesus to come in on a beast of burden. They expected him to come in on a steed, on a war horse. They did not expect him to go to the temple and to clear out the money changers, making this place again a place of prayer. They did not expect their king to be arrested. They did not expect their king to be crucified. They did not expect their king to die. See, Jesus comes to us in ways we don't expect. Jesus comes to us to forgive, to give eternal life with him. He comes to us to give us hope in hopelessness. He comes to us to give us peace in our anxiety and our chaos. Jesus comes to us. That's the central theme throughout all of the scriptures. But he does not come to us in ways that we expect. It's very easier and popular in the world today to to bend God's word. And we bend it in a way so that when our king comes to us, he comes to us to do my will, not his will. Take the simple phrase that we hear from God's word, God is love. Now understood correctly, we know exactly what that means. Jesus comes, our king comes to us to seek and to save the lost. He comes to give us hope and faith. He comes to forgive our sins. Understood correctly, we know that the love that Jesus has for us is when he comes into our world, his mission, his goal is to that everyone that looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. God's love, understood incorrectly, expects when our King comes to us, he will approve of every lifestyle choice, every false God we worship, every selfish thing we do. After all, God is... Love. You see, our king does not come to us in the way that our old selfish nature would expect. He comes to us to love us. And that means he has to kill what would kill us. He comes to us to save us and to love us. But in order to do that, he has to kill our old sinful nature. He drowns the old man and the old women in the waters of baptism. And he brings forward a new creation that has faith and trusts in God's love, even when our old nature pushes back on God. Our old selfishness wants to come to life again. Our king comes to us to reveal God's law so that we can clearly see our continual need for our king to come to us. Our king comes to break us, to break us free from trying to save ourselves. Our king comes to us to fulfill the law by his perfect life. He comes to you when you're damned by the law. He comes to you when you're out of control. He comes to you when you're out of answers, when you're out of hope, when you're out of time. He comes to you when you know that you don't deserve it. The good shepherd seeks the lost lambs. 
The loving father watches over and waits for his prodigal son or his prodigal daughter to come home so he can revive them and restore them into his family. The good Samaritan comes to save you and to bind up your wounds and to take you to safety. Behold, your king comes to you humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. He comes not to be served, but to serve you, to love you, and to save you. As we jump into the first Sunday of Advent, Advent is not the season to get all of your decorating done before Christmas Eve, to get your houses clean so you're ready when your company comes over. And Advent is not the tailgate party for Christmas. Advent is the time we prepare for our King coming. And you will see him one day when he comes again and stands upon the earth on that last day. Or maybe your last day will come before that and you will see your Savior face to face. Advent is for us so that we might prepare to meet our King. Advent is a time again where we see our sin and we see God's great love for us that he would send Jesus in spite of us to love us and restore us so that when we see our Savior again, it is a day without fear, a day of complete hope. The King of Righteousness, as we heard in the Old Testament, he comes to us. He doesn't say to you, that you are holy and sinless and blessed by God because of your good rationale and how you think. He doesn't come and pat you on the back and say, thanks for living that great and upstanding life and following your heart. He doesn't come to you and say that you're blessed because you're so generous and kind. Jesus comes to us and he covers us in his blood dies for our sins, rises again for our hope. The king that comes into our world, born as that little baby, comes into this world to change you and to change the world that you live in. The king of righteousness comes to change us. He comes to regenerate us and make this body that is born into sin and death new that it might be received into eternal life. He comes to you to cover your sin with his blood and to pay for your transgressions with his life. He comes to you to change what you trust in, to change the way you think and the way you act. He comes to us in ways we wouldn't expect, in water and the word, in the very bread and wine. He comes to you in his holy word preached to you this day. He comes to you so that you can continue fighting the devil and his desire to separate you from all of his hope and forgiveness. The king of righteousness comes to all of us to strengthen us in his word of truth. The narrative of the world that we live in will always push back against the king. Always push back against Jesus and the gifts that he gives to us. The narrative of the world today, right now, is instead of focusing on Advent, your King coming, repentance, and being ready for our Savior, the world would have us focus on, on Black Friday and Cyber Monday and the office holiday parties and all of those things going on rather than your King comes to you. 
Instead of seeing our king coming to us to save the world, the world would have us believe that we have nothing to fear from God, that you can do what you want, and you'll still go to heaven. Dear saints, hear the good news of your salvation and your forgiveness. Behold, your king comes to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on the colt, on the foal of a beast of burden. He comes not to be served, but to serve. He comes to love you, to forgive you, and to save you. When our eyes are on the coming of Jesus, our response is the same as it always has been for God's people, as it was that day when he entered into the city of Jerusalem. Hosanna! Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! In the name of Jesus, amen.